Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Four Ps Podcast. Today, we are going to also be different than we were before. And we're going to have a lot of different uh, episodes um, this time of year because there's a lot of celebrations, a lot of birthdays, a lot of holidays going on. And I do want to recognize some of them at some time. We started out this week uh, with my beautiful daughter, Grace's birthday, and we wanted to talk about that today. We want to talk about the birthday of the United States Navy. On this day, on October 13th, 1775, my United States Navy came alive. And I will be back to give you a little history and also talk to some former vets right after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Welcome to this special edition of the Four Ps Podcast. We are saluting the United States Navy. Like I said before, today on October 13th, 1775, George Washington, who was the general of the Continental Congress, or of the Continental Army, I should say, he notified the Continental Congress that, hey, we need to have a little bit of a Navy. And so Continental Congress said, yeah, you're right. And they definitely approved and established the United States Navy uh, on that day. Now, the funny thing is about the United States Navy, we didn't start out as the greatest Navy in the world. We literally started out with people's sailing ships. We merchants and things like that. We said, hey, how's it going? Hey, I heard Nathaniel down on uh, Chippewa Street has a uh, has a boat. Maybe you should ask him if you'd put it in the Navy. That's exactly how we started. We started like that. And they said, hey, uh, I know that Jimmy over there has a cannon. Why don't you so go ahead and get the cannon from Jimmy? Go ahead and get the boat from Nathaniel. We'll put this together. And yes, the strongest Navy of the 18th century, we are going to fight and we are going to win. That's exactly how this happened. I know that, you know, we take advantage of the fact that we are such a strong nation today and we have such a wonderful and superior military and sophisticated military today. We do, we take for granted that we literally started the United States Navy with people's ships. Can you imagine like back then? Hey, yeah, man, we got Nathaniel's ship and we're going to take care of this and we're going to take, we're going to take down the, the, the Navy, the same Navy that uh, just, uh, well, it wasn't a few years ago. It was a lot of years ago, like the 150 years ago, took out the Spanish Armada. We're going to take care of this and we're going to win. Could you imagine the level of confidence? I know that if I were an enlisted sailor back at that time, I would be second guessing every single day. And I would make sure that when I said goodbye to my family, I gave them a long hug because I do not know if I will get that. But over the years, the United States Navy grew stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, In the War of 1812, again, they uh, were called into action again against the British Navy. And uh, they definitely, um, you know, they held their own in that that battle. I I wouldn't say that they were uh, just superior. And then in World War I and World War II, uh, they again were called into action, and in in obviously in World War II, 
the United States Navy um, became the absolute uh, most superior Navy on the seas as we are today. And there are great stories in World War II that talk about it. One story in particular uh, was the USS uh, Indianapolis. The that ship, um, the the people on that ship were, um, you know, they're they're all heroes. Everybody on that ship was a hero. I when I was in the Navy, uh, when I was recruiting, I had the honor of meeting surviving crew members of the uh, USS Indianapolis, and I was just I was stunned. Uh, at what they were talking about. And it was just, it was an honor and it was a humbling experience to stand next to them. There have been six, yes, six sailors that served as president of the United States. We had four, oh no, we had, yeah, we had five in a row that served in the United States Navy, uh, starting with John F. Kennedy, then with Lyndon Baines Johnson. We also had Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, and James Earl Carter, or Jimmy Carter, who is now still uh, the oldest president, uh, living president, former president uh, around. He was also our only submariner. Uh, he was a very smart individual. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people don't give him a lot of credit, but a lot of the weaponry that we have today where it was enacted by our great president, um, Jimmy Carter. He was a great man. I mean, I know that you can, you know, history will 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 judge him, but I will say this, that uh, some of the things that he did for the United States military, especially the United States Navy, uh, were just phenomenal. And as a matter of fact, because he was a Sunburner, he is the only president that does not have an aircraft carrier named after him. He has a submarine named after him. John F. Kennedy, uh, if you are a history buff like I am, uh, he was the hero of the PT-109. Uh, a boat that he that was sunk and that he saved a lot of his crew members. Uh, and also there is stories of George H.W. Bush, who also served in the Navy. He was an aviator. His squadron got into a massive uh, air fight. Uh, there were a lot of casualties. And there's a story. I'm not I don't have time to talk about it today, but there's a story about George H.W. Bush that um, after I heard that story, I was I was actually literally taking it back. This story actually involves, and not him obviously, but it actually involves cannibalism, um, and it, it was a it was a heroic story. It was actually a very uh, scary story, but you should really uh, uh, listen up on that story. He was involved in one of these battles that, uh, again, like I said, it was horrific. But uh, it's a story that you definitely uh, need to know about. But we've had a lot of famous people in the United States Navy. If you are a football fan, all right, you could say that, um, you know, that John, uh, not John, I don't know why I was going to say John, but it was uh, Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach was in the Navy. Jack Lemon was in the Navy. Yogi Berra was in the Navy. Henry Fonda was in the Navy. Johnny Carson was in the Navy. Also, Humphrey Bogart was in the Navy, along with Montel Williams. He served in the Navy. The great jazz musician John Coltrane was in the Navy. And you know, one of the greatest rappers of the 80s and 90s served in the United States Navy. I talked about him last week, but I'm going to talk about him again. One of the greatest rappers of the 80s and 90s uh, probably still has, I would say, one of the number one crossover hits of all time when it comes to that. MC Hammer. 
uh, was in the Navy, but he wasn't called, you know, Petty Officer Hammer back in the day. He was Stanley Kirk Burrell, and that is his real name. And he was uh, aviation storekeeper back in the United States Navy before he started rocking out. So the United States Navy, again, uh, a lot of famous people, uh, people that I've loved were in the Navy. My brother, uh, David Goggins, uh, who he, he served uh, honorably as a Navy SEAL uh, in the Navy. And, and then obviously I did. I served in the Navy as well. I, uh, I was a recruiter. Uh, I did legal work in the Navy. Um, it, was a, it was a great experience. And I'll tell you right now, um, there's a lot of things that um, a lot of things I'm doing and I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my time in the United States Navy. And, you know, the benefits after that, my children, uh, even though I have been out of the Navy now for 15 years, almost 16 years, um, the benefits uh, that the United States Navy has given me and my family still live to this day. And it was probably the greatest career decision I ever made in my life. We will be right back with two guests that served in the United States Navy Reserve and active duty um, and their stories and their their lives um, are, are worth sharing with my audience. I, I cannot wait for you to hear. We have Matthew Grills and we also have Lori Wood and these stories are really, really phenomenal. And I cannot wait to share them with you when we get back. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, like I said, today is the United States Navy's birthday, the greatest Navy on God's uh, green earth. That's funny, but it's on the blue sea. But what we are who we are talking today, I, I, I must admit that, you know, we talk about Navy and active duty and and all these great things. But there is a component of the United States Navy in which people have regular everyday civilian lives and they give them up. Usually in times of normalcy, it's uh, one week in a month and two weeks out of the year. But lately we have had quite a few uh, deployments and a lot of Navy reservists have had to be recalled to active duty even after the Iraq and Afghanistan uh, campaigns to serve their country. And that is a tremendous sacrifice because they leave their families, they leave their homes, they leave jobs. And many, many times they take massive pay cuts in order to serve this country and to serve it with honor and with integrity. We have two of those former, uh, I don't wanna say former because you're, uh, you're never a former Marine and you're never a former sailor. We have two Navy veterans that finished their careers and some one started his career in the United States Navy Reserve. We have Matthew Grills, who is not only is he he's still serving our country with the American Legion. He is the managing editor of the American Legion magazine. Uh, and we also have out of Virginia Beach, we have the very funny and I want to say very talented and very interesting uh, Lori Wood, who is uh, a, 
a very outstanding individual. She has a great story to tell, and I cannot wait uh, to share her story because it's not a story that I, I want to say it's great because of how she has handled uh, her situation. And she's handled it with honor. She's handled it with integrity. And she's handled it with a level of humor that kept me laughing. And I've only known her for a very, very, very short time. We have Lori Wood out of Virginia Beach. Guys, welcome to the program. How are you guys doing today? Great, thanks. You're welcome. Great, Thank great. you very much. Thank you very much. You know what, Matthew, we're going to start with you. I served with Matthew for a time in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, Matt Grills, like I said, he lives in Indianapolis. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you joined the Navy and, and in the reserves and at a late age, um, I, I might want to add, and you served and you uh, served honorably. Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, uh, you know... I actually had been thinking about uh, some 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 branch of the military. I was I was 25 uh, was the year 2000. I had a six month old at home, been married about three years, and just while my father had encouraged me to consider the army uh, after high school, I really wanted to go to college. Thought I was going to go into youth ministry, um, but life kind of took a different turn. I ended up in journalism and the newspaper world and but just something in me just called out to military service i wasn't sure how or what uh i you know a number of my cousins had served in the air force my grandfather was in the army um i had a couple cousins in the uh army as well and so uh, i began looking at my options and heard about a Navy program called uh, the Non-Prior Service Succession Course, where uh, basically if you have a civilian career, I think you could, I'm not sure exactly what the upper limit of the age was, but I was 26 by this point. And I started talking to a recruiter, um, asking some questions, and then 9-11 happened. And so I was in the middle of all, all of that, considering what my options were. And I just, at that point, it became not a I think I want to do this. It was, I'm going to do this. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you. And there were a lot of people who did join uh, active and reserve after 9-11. It was a, it almost was like a, it was a duty uh, to do so. Uh, Lori, um, you have a different path to the reserve. You started out uh, in active duty. Tell us a little bit about your story, Lori. Well, I originally was going to go in the Marines. But when I got out of the Marine recruiter office, um, the Navy recruiter right across the hallway said, well, what are you going to do in the Marines? I said, I don't know, Marines. He's like, well, what do you like to do? I'm like, well, I, I like photography. Um, you know, one of my best friends, Kate, she got me into photography in high school. And I was like, well, we have photographers. I said, I'm listening. So, um, yeah, he's like, well, if we can guarantee you photography, would you go in the Navy? I said, well, yeah, my brother's in the Navy. That would be kind of cool. So he guaranteed me photography, and I ended up going active duty in, in 95, right after high school, and ended up getting stationed in Puerto Rico. So, I mean, stationed active duty in Puerto Rico, 18, 19 years old. That was uh, primo duty, so that was great. So I went active duty for about six years, and I transferred to the reserves, went to the sheriff's office full-time. Immobilized for uh, after 9/11, after reserves. Um, so did went active duty for a little while, or 
back to active duty for a little while for that, back to the sheriff's office. Then I got mobilized again, also after 9-11, went to Afghanistan for a year, got back with no extra holes in me, and then I ended up falling from a building about uh, 20 feet, broke my back, ended up paraplegic. But um, but like I was talking to you, I like to, to joke, and when people ask me what happened, I like to change up the story because, you know, the real story is kind of depressing. So I like to laugh and joke about it. So I actually have a patch on the back of my wheelchair. This is wheelchair story, 20 bucks. And uh, <laughs> I make people pay me too. I've, I've made some money off of that. So yeah, I have, I have a few different stories. So when you asked me and you, you believed it too. So I'll say it was a straight Yes, face. I did. Like, yeah. yes, <laughs> like it's um, kind of embarrassing, but I fell from the stripper pole. Yes, that was the but funniest a, thing. A new one. I'm sorry. It was funny and it wasn't funny at the same time, but I really <laughs> did not. You never want to, when you ask somebody how they got injured, you never want to say, especially an injury of your, your caliber, you never want to say you're lying. You're, you've got to be lying. And, and when you said I that to me, um, I, I absolutely, um, uh, I laughed after the fact. Um, but you know, Lori, you did not take your, um, you did not take your injury. Uh, and I don't want to say you didn't take your injury uh, and feel sorry for yourself. And you didn't, you kept going forward. Tell us, tell a story about what you, what you did. Tell us what you did to moving forward because you're an extremely active individual. Well, initially I really did go through a really dark time initially. Mm -hmm. So I had a very difficult time at first, uh, but it, it took, um, it actually sled hockey is what got me out of my funk. And I thank my brothers for that because they introduced me to it. They found the program in Virginia Beach, Warrior for Life Fund. It was initially a Virginia Beach Hockey Club. But they found Warrior for Life Fund in Virginia Beach, and they got me into that. And uh, just being able to move again under my own power and being able to, to hit people and get, get violent. And, you know, just it levels the playing field. So being able to move again under my own power and being able to just be active again and doing things in a different way and finding my, my new normal again, I guess, mm -hmm. was uh, just being able to be independent again, being able to drive again and doing, doing things again independently was huge for me. So finding any kind of, you know, sports and things like that. But for me, mostly it was sled hockey. Okay. That was amazing for me. Um, so I was able to get, with the local program there and then the USA Warriors disabled sled hockey program with there. And from there, I also went to the, the USA women's national sled hockey team. We won gold in Canada. Uh, that was amazing too. played on that team that for a while. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely uh, amazing. Yeah. And you also see, you also do other things uh, uh, other than the, the, the sled hockey. Uh, what else do you do? Uh, downhill ski, uh, water ski, hand cycle, sprint kayak, race kayaks. Um, I've gone uh, skydiving four times since my injury. I never got to go before my injury. I was going to re-enlist that way, but I never got to because I broke my back. Um, so I've gone four times since. Uh, what else do I do? Uh, everything and anything that I can get into. The only sport I never got into was basketball, which is kind of funny because that's the only sport that my son really likes. 
Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. See, now, um, that is just, I mean, seriously, that shows a lot of courage, uh, shows a lot of perseverance, a lot of persistence, uh, and, and your passion and, and the way you're handling life in general is, it's, it's very inspiring. Uh, Matt, so you now work for the American Legion, and I have seen you out and about, and you have met some very, very famous people. Uh, tell us a little bit about life, because you know what? In a way, you are still serving. In you're still serving military members. You're still you're serving vets. You are serving uh, prior service. You are helping a lot of individuals uh, still uh, in the United States military. Tell us a little bit about your your work and what you're doing now. Well, uh, I've been at the American Legion magazine since really just a little bit before I joined the Navy Reserve. And uh, throughout those two, almost two and a half decades, wow, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> I've I've been able to, to interview a lot of neat people, um, many of whom, most of whom are veterans, but uh, some who are not. I've interviewed uh, presidential candidates. I have interviewed the Librarian of Congress. I have, uh, you know, interviewed um, uh, people who are connected to the military and veterans community. But I think my favorite uh, experience in all of this has been just interviewing veterans, uh, whether it was Larry Taylor, who, who just received the, the Medal of Honor, the Vietnam helicopter pilot, who received the Medal of Honor just a few weeks ago uh, to Navy World War II Navy submarine veterans, Korean War POWs. Um, I think one of my favorite interviews and stories, and and it's it still just uh, chokes me up when I think about it. Matt Moppin, one of uh, the first um, POWs in Iraq, uh, and his remains were found uh, a few years later. But I interviewed his parents uh, just a little bit after he. Uh, was missing and they were trying to raise awareness of his situation in Iraq that their son was missing in action. Um, I had been a or prisoner of war. And so, um, you know, I just remember just t interviewing them and talking with them and hearing the grief uh, in their voices and seeing his whole community rally and pray that he would uh, be found alive and return home. So I, I think about all of all of those experiences have really, um, you know, I th I feel very fortunate to have been able to tell veteran stories, and serve veterans, and and it in in this kind of I don't want to say unusual capacity, but in being able to tell their stories and uh, bring their stories to the awareness of the public um, during a really interesting time in America's history. You know that it is our longest war. The war on terror is the longest war. Mm -hmm. in American history, um, just very different compared to wars that came before, but the people who served were no less committed um, and loved our country no less than all those who came before. So it, it has been a, a really interesting career. <laughs> I don't always interview most of the time that I'm just behind a desk editing and fixing other people's writing. So, but when I do get to interview- Daddy an amazing photojournalist he can write like you would not believe that is absolutely true yes you are i will i will back you up on that 100 percent, lori well i will say that lori actually taught me a lot about photography because uh you know we haven't mentioned this yet but you know i, I met lori in the course of uh my time in the reserve and she is one of my uh two favorite navy reserve friends in fact i often tell her and 
Ricky Allen, who is not with us today. Uh, Ricky, who is also a uh, MC, mass communication specialist. Those two, when I think about my time in the reserve um, and serving, I think really, you know, why was I in the military? And sometimes I think maybe it was just because of the people I was supposed to meet. And that absolutely includes Ricky and Lori. They have enriched my life so much absolutely. and taught me so much uh, and given me so much encouragement and inspiration at different points in my life. Um, so, uh, but anyway, getting back, Lori taught me just lots of cool photography tips when we would work together in New York and Norfolk. She would uh, because I was expected to also take photos and I never had photographed anything before other than, you know, with a little like <laughs> like one of those little things you'd buy at CVS way back in the 90s and just like click, click, click. Uh, but Lori told me like where I should stand and how to take an interesting photo because that was what my I guess that was supposed to be part of my duties. I was always like, but I just write. That's all I do. And she was like, oh, no, you have to take photos, too. You don't just get away with just writing here. And Lori taught me so much about how to frame a photo and um, and make it make it look good, make it interesting. So I am in her debt. And I, I refuse to learn how to write. I just said, Maddie, write this for me. <laughs> there you go. I, I, can't, I can't write. The, the ship is big and gray. I, I suck at writing. I, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. No. You know, I Negative. will tell you. I will say uh, when I uh, tried to get everybody together for this interview, uh, we had one of them and you, I bet you my audience will guess which one it was saying, you've got to hurry up because I have to get on the ice at 3 p.m. So I made sure I hurried this up. Now, everybody who has listened to my episodes know there are not many episodes where I do not bring up the word hockey and I understand absolutely understand the importance of ice time there is a lot of preparation especially for us older people and laura you're not one of the older people i'm you know i'm just saying there's a lot of uh, I'm 47 down. but thank you 47 all right so you are almost at the age where 15 <laughs> minutes of your preparation time literally is you sitting down on the bench in the locker room saying why in the hell are you doing this you're almost yeah. there okay but Lori, i want you before you you have you guys have to leave um and get ready. What is something that you would tell a young individual who is considering a career in active duty or reserve, or in your case, law enforcement? You have served this nation in so many different ways. What would you tell a young person, um, um, in you know, who are who is thinking about serving this nation? What would you tell them? The first thing they would have to do, or what they should be considering. Learn something from all of your leaders, the good ones and the bad ones. You can take something from all of them. Excellent. So, Very good. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. can learn something from all of them. You can learn how you want to be and how you don't want to be. Very good. Matt, what would you tell someone who, you know, and, and again, like I said, I mean, I know people who I'm one of those people who join, they don't join right after high school. They go out, live life a little bit, but they always have this in their back of their mind. What would you tell somebody who, you know, is teetering? Like I really should join or I really don't know when I should join. I talked to somebody a couple of days ago who's an army recruiter who you can join up into 41 years old, which I was like, dude, I am not doing that at 41. But Anyway, what would you tell someone who really wants to do this? What would you say? You know, I, I would tell them, uh, you know, don't, first of all, don't uh, let 
someone else's opinion of military service, good or bad, totally drive your decision. This is a decision only only you can make. Um, I work with a scout troop and we have a, several of our Eagle Scouts have gone on to military service and I'm so proud of them. Um, I would say, you know, everyone will always have some opinion about if you should serve or not. I remember a, a friend of mine at the time I went to join the reserve said, I just know I'm going to have to end up, you know, maybe looking after your family because you could go off and get killed. And I just think, I look back and I think, well, just what? Like, that's such a kind of narrow-minded, you know, I was trying to explain to, to people why I felt like I wanted to serve. Um, but just if you have even the smallest um, uh, inclination to do something bigger than yourself, be part of something bigger than just your life, um, you know, if you're grateful for the freedoms we have in this country, if you, uh, you know, or, or even more, I don't want to say selfishly, but if you just want a stable, something stable financially, like a, a good retirement, the military is like one of the best games out there. You want to go to college for free? The military is one of the best. I mean, you're not going to find uh, some of the amazing benefits you can get through the military anywhere else. Um, but more than a great start to your life. Oh, it's a fantastic start. And I didn't start that way. I mean, I already, I was saddled with college debt when I joined the reserves. I, I really was. And, um, and so I, I honestly think how much better off would I be had I flipped it and done the military and then gone to college, but you can't, you can't go back. But I will tell you the benefits. I still gain so many benefits of service. One of the biggest of, of which is this, uh, you know, I went to a Christian college, I uh, grew up in church, and and I'm so glad I did. Um, but, you know, my, my world was pretty limited to just, you know, family, work, church. Um, in the military, I met people from all walks of life, every background you can imagine. Um, and I had to learn to work with people who were very, very different from me. And what I found was not just... Um, you know, a lot of different people uh, who I respected and could learn from, but also just some of the best friends I, I'll i ever have. Um, some of the, I still talk to so many people that, that I served with. And that I was just, you know, I was in the reserves. Like I wasn't active duty, you know, I was doing two weeks a year, maybe three. Um, but I met so many interesting people, still keep in touch with a lot of them. And I learned so much from them. And I'm just... I'm thankful for what they, how they widened my world. They just showed me that there was so, so much out there um, that we really are, uh, that this country really is an amazing place with uh, Americans of all different, uh, I, like I said, ideas, backgrounds, um, stories, situations, and that uh, it just reminded me that really, and and this is important to remember in a very polarized time. We really can come together. Americans really can. Do we want to? I don't know, but we can. Um, but you just have to have to really be willing, you know. And I'm glad that I took that step of of just making myself uncomfortable, doing something that was that was the first thing in my life. I, I do CrossFit now every morning, almost every morning, really early, and I tell myself every day I can do hard things. I can do this, even though I'm terrified of the workout, I can do it. But I think the Navy Reserve going into the military was the first thing in my life I ever did where I was like, 
this is hard. I'm really uncomfortable. I don't know if I can do this, but I made myself, I made myself suck it up. I made myself, um, you know, get through each day, even the ones that were really hard, whether that was at basic training or just a drill weekend where I was, and then I, where I was homesick for my six month old kid, he was at home and I wanted to be with him. Um, but I knew that there was something bigger that I was also part of. And so I just, um, if you want, sorry for this rabbit trail I went on, but no. basically, you know, do, do those hard things, you know, be part of something bigger than yourself and give it, give it a shot. I really, I think the U S military is still just a, a wonderful training ground for life. Well, thank you both for your service, Lori. Thank you. I will be, uh, I know that one day, uh, our rinks will cross and there will be a tournament that I'm at that you're at and we will get to to meet. Um, I will be rooting for you uh, on the ice. I am also rooting for you uh, in your journey in life. And I am so uh, I will say that uh, I have had a lot of guests on this on this uh, podcast. And I will say that this is uh, one of those guests. You are one of those guests that I will might I will fondly say that it is a privilege to be able to talk to you. And I am humbled by your uh, consideration to even be on. And I, I thank you for that. And also, thank you both for your service. Uh, it was great to serve with both of you, even though, you know, we served, we all, we all wore the same uniform uh, for the greatest Navy in the world. And I think that that is one thing. The one thing is, is that's one thing that's going to be, and I don't mean to sound morbid, but I'm proud to have that on my tombstone one day that I served in the United States Navy. And I hope you guys are as well. Thank you guys so Absolutely. much. And uh, I will be right back after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Welcome back, everybody, and I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, I hope you really uh, learned a little bit from Matt and Lori. Lori is a very, um, she's an outstanding individual for her to have the attitude she has. She has served our nation. She has served her community quite well, not only in uh, the military, but through law enforcement. And she has a smile on her face. And she's also played for the national sled hockey team, women's sled hockey team. Uh, it is just phenomenal what that individual has done for her country and how her attitude is still uh, quite phenomenal. We are definitely going to have her back on the show to have her share her life story and how she has persisted and she has definitely served her purpose of serving this nation for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast of the Four Ps podcast, and we will definitely we be seeing you next week. Good night, goodbye, and God bless America, and happy birthday, my United States Navy. <laughs>